I got off to the cosmos without first reaching out and thanking our sponsors. I mean, we've had so many people that have supported us over this year. We've had so, so, so many blessings, so much unconditional support uh, that it's unbelievable. So shout out to Mona Franklin, the trend of George, um, with the initiative, Thank, shout out to Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, who is the tip of the spear. Shout out to Viewpoint, Chad and Jennifer and all of the crew, man, who uh, support us just on an unbelievable level. Shout out to Hurricane Maine and Category 10 Entertainment. Gives us an opportunity to be on this platform and to send this message out every week across the nation. Shout out to His Hop Network, a national network that gets our message even overseas. Um, shout out to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the Rockdale Newton chapter, who has supported us with enhancing our technological opportunity to reach the world. It's invaluable. Shout out to Dennis and the sheriff and Dexter and Vivian and all of those people out at the jail, Andrew, and all of those people out at the jail that walk us up and down the halls to get our support to people. Shout out to Ms. Maldonado over there in Gwinnett for giving us an opportunity to bring our messaging and our jail curriculum to people over there as well no man left behind but more than anybody shout out to my co-host the world-renowned <laughs> tanisha tanisha say hi to all the people out there in radio land hello everyone i am so excited to be back another week with you all especially during the holidays i'm just you know excited and grateful to be here another week and so with that being said, as always, we say we have a real treat for y'all today. But today, once again, we're telling you the truth. We have a real treat. One of the things, uh, one of the programs that fall under the Stepping Up umbrella is the Opening Doors to Recovery Project. Opening Door Recovery Project is evidence-based practice that is designed to support people through several dimensions of wellness integrating out of jail and coming into the community to find safe, appropriate housing, adequate treatment, understanding a meaningful day, and a better understanding of how technology can enhance their recovery. Today, we have the supervisor and the fearless leader from that program, Leroy, and Leroy is with us today, and he's been with us, he was with us before that. Leroy's been down for a minute with us 
And Leroy, say hi to all the people out there in Radio Land. Hey everyone, how are y'all doing? Hope you're doing well in this festive season. Uh, thanks for the introduction, Bill. Thanks for having me. And thank you, Tanisha, for having me also. One of the things we're going to talk about today, because you hear us talk about the Stepping Up Initiative, and you hear us talk about Grit and Grace, and hear us talk about ODR, and hear us talk about the recovery community. So one of the reasons, one of the things we want to do today is to share with you guys kind of some of the things that we've had a privilege to do and how those things and all of us that are working out here in the community and serving people, greatest privilege of our lives, serving people across the board without restriction, without finance driving it and, and just giving our very best. So one of the things, I want to just go back a little ways to 2020 when I came on board as the project developer for the Stepping Up Initiative, having had an opportunity to design programs and kind of do some good work all across the nation and coming here and uh, armed with optimism and belief. Because without optimism and belief, these things don't happen. You can sit back and wait for it to happen, but that's not the way it, it's an action-based program. They say, if you build it, they'll come to it. And that's true. I know that back then we were all in different roles. I had just uh, come from working up in North Georgia on a big project with Highland River, shout out to Highland Rivers. And I came here to do this. I know Tanisha, you were in a different role and Leroy, you were in a different role. So I'm gonna ask you guys, and we're gonna dig into some of the minutia, but I'm gonna kind of go back and forth through time. As you look back on where you were then and where you are now, what do you think are three of the greatest changes that have happened in your mind, in your heart, in your belief, and in your life? I know that's a lot of questions. In your mind, in your heart, in your belief, in your life, what are three of the largest changes or most powerful changes that have happened? And I'm going to start with you, Leroy. What, do you, what would you say are three of the most powerful things that have happened since back then? I remember what we were doing then right, and I remember right, what right. we're doing now. I think now it's a mindset change for me. The approach is, is different. Back then, I was kind of on the periphery of things. Now I'm actually in the mid, middle of it. And it's like making a commitment to um, partnering with people who are in recovery. So that's a mindset change. The other one was? What are some of the changes, changes that, have, yeah, that have happened to you? I know you made some professional right, changes. Right, professional change. I've taken on a, a lead role now as the clinician for the opening doors recovery. So it's a lot more responsibility and a lot more work. Not, not that it's overwhelming, but it's a lot more work. It's a lot more engaging with community partners and engaging with uh, people who are in, in recovery. Those are the two changes. Third changes, what else? And, and I think the third changes, as far as your system of belief or-, or Oh yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Day to day you see the changes people are making with their commitment also. So it tells you that, tells me that recovery is real. You know, they're making these changes, participating, they're interested in their own direction in life. So it tells me that recovery is, is real. 
Right, and, and you know, Leroy, I just really take my hat off to you. A lot of people think that doing this work is something that you drive, but it's something that drives you. It's something people think that when you come into this recovery field from a treatment orientation or from some of those more static things, this is a whole blow your mind, blow the doors off of things. Empowering people versus exerting power over people are two different things. And we're in a community that's used to the perception of being disenfranchised or being marginalized. And when you come and you say, I'm a clinician, my name is Leroy, they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> they're thinking he's trying to get me in the hospital or they're thinking, and, and you know, one of the things, and this is why my hat is off to you, coming through a clinical door into a recovery-oriented system of care takes a lot of, of uh, open-mindedness. It takes a lot of uh, open-heartedness. It, it, it's a whole different thing. And I remember when I first walked into an agency and I was the first person in recovery to work at that agency, I remember the difference in the perception of what recovery should, could, and would look like for people. You know, and I remember what they told me my role was. And then God showed me what my role was. And I realized that there's a, big, there's a very big difference between what they said and what they thought and what's really going on. And, and there's a difference between doing it in a classroom and, and doing it in the real world, man. And, and you've been cast right into the middle um, going into the jails and bringing people out of jails to a place called freedom that they may never have never experienced. And, and what that does to us is monumental. Right. It's monumental. It is on the spiritual level, it's off the hook. It's off the hook, you know? And I've seen tr people try to do it without it. I've seen people try to make it a specific clinical experience or make it a job. And, and don't get me wrong, my hat's off to those people, but they, they don't get the same result as we do when we open our hearts, minds, and spirit. Uh, so I just wanna take my hat off to you. I remember when I look at my phone, <laughs> and I've got about three numbers for you now, and the first one was Leroy the intern, right? right. And now I've got <laughs> Leroy the executive company, yeah, and, and all of that, so. I've just watched your, your path and watched your step and watched your moves. And I'm really proud of, really proud to be a partner to you, man. Thank you. Uh, big time. Uh, Tanisha, I know that you've had some role changes. So what are three things, the three biggest things that you've seen that have exponentially changed for you or experienced or felt? So just, just thinking about it while I was sitting here, my roles from then and now are night and day black and white, two totally different um, ends of the spectrum. You know, before I was on the end of needing the support, the treatment, the education, the guidance, all of those things, and still in a mindset that spiritually I was disconnected all the way. So that wasn't a good mix, you know, already needing the support and all of that stuff and not being spiritually, you know, I didn't have an open mind, I didn't have an open heart. 
but I did change that. That was the first thing that I changed was, I said once I came into the program that I was going to come into it with an open mind and an open heart. And so now I'm more spiritually connected than ever. I can say that. I also can say that, like I've gained a lot of humility in, in it because although I still need support, you know what I'm saying? I still need, you know, my my peers and my network around me, my, my people that I learn from and I gain from, but I'm also able to give that away. I didn't even have it in me to give away at, you know, mm-hmm. when you're talking about back then, you know? Also, just just seeing that, and I'm very grateful that God uses me today. I used to pray about that at, back then, like, you know, show me how you want to use me. Please, you know, use me or give me some type of purpose. And today I have that, you know, and, and, I, and I say humility because I realize that he chooses to use me. He doesn't have to in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Like his work is going to be done regardless if I'm in the, in the equation or not. But the fact that I'm in it, that's the biggest things for me. Wow, yeah. You know, and, and for myself, I think probably the three biggest changes, I see a change in the people that we serve as a result of them seeing a different way. I see them and, and they come in here and they sit in our rooms and they say, we are family. They, they use the we term. Mm-hmm. They feel part of, this is in their DNA. And, and I, I think that them hearing us talk about it for two years before it came to fruition and seeing us continue to talk about it's coming, it's coming, we're working on it, we're working on it, and a lot of people are used to those not that thing not being true or when it comes it's different from what you said it was going to be because then when you get it and you get the funding for it they become obsolete to it they lose their voice they lose power and it then something that overpowers them for them to have the degree of ownership and input i watch people walk in here they go in there and make coffee and they sit down and and they're like kicking it you know what i'm saying and and you know, those events that we have, they're, they're fearless. You know what I'm saying? And, and I hear people talking about grit and grace. I hear them talking about it, right? And we're going to get to that. But So I see a difference in the people breaking down those cultural vacuums that existed. You know, now people have a place to come other than going back to where they were. And I've watched the therapeutic value that takes place when people walk through here versus when they walk into a PSR program or they walk into a something else or when they walk into a church or when they walk into whatever. When they walk into here and they see the similarity, even though it may be great or small, I see them have a breakthrough. I see them looking and wanting what they see. I see them watching other people. It is our extreme pleasure to have such strong community partners, such as
people, people learn from watching other people learning. And they say, that's how I learn this. I, I was sitting in a meeting here today and we probably had 15 or 20 people in the room and we probably had 10 people on Zoom. And, and I watched those interactions and they were laughing and they were talking about being baptized and they were talking about things that they were grateful for and, and, and it's a thing that's talking about what's right with you as opposed to coming to a place and talking about what's wrong with you. And, and I see that as being very different. I see people, they know our name. They call us Tanisha and Bill and Leroy. And, and what traditional treatment, call me Mr. So-and-so or I'm Mr. <clears throat> you, you know what I'm saying? And, and I see traditional systems being very overtly directive but when you give people what they really deserve you don't have to do that you don't have to exert that they give it to you automatically thought about that when I walk in here and somebody's washed out the coffee pot see when I come in here and there's already water in there for the next day nobody had to tell them to do that somebody did that of their own volition because they feel ownership over the thing in all the time I've been here all the stuff we got, nothing has ever been missing. You understand? We got ink pens on the tables. We got paper. We got all kind of stuff. And it's always there. Nobody's saying, oh, my God, let me. And they come to add, too. And they come to take away from it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I saw people come in and say, hey, man, I got some drinks. I got some snacks. You, you understand? And, and that's a bigger thing. I never saw anybody come to treatment when I was there and say, hey, I brought some snacks. I brought some drinks. Mm -hmm. People are coming there, sitting under the tree, nodded out, waiting for lunch. You know, so I see that. And that's a monumental change. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Stepping up. The Stepping Up Initiative, and, and I, I, when I first came, they were saying it was a national initiative that's been adopted here in Rockdale County. Now, absolutely, stepping up is a thing, right? How is your conception or perception of stepping up and how it's perceived and how it's working? What do you think, Leroy? I think stepping up is, um, I guess, when it comes to, you know, keeping people out of the claws of the system. It's like a diversion. You know, and you see people, like you say, they come here and they use the term we. So it's, it's, it's family for them. And I think when you look at um, uh, some, a couple weeks ago or so, you were talking about the, the encounters that we see. Mm -hmm. You know, we have more and more encounters. So they see that um, it is working. So I believe that... Um, the stepping up initiative is an initiative that is helping people. Mm -hmm. And we can see that by the, by the numbers. Wow, yeah. And, and so speaking of those numbers, I know that, you know, Tanisha is the statistician. <laughs> so what we do wear a lot of hats. But uh, when we pulled those numbers the other day, we looked at the, our number of encounters, and it was 20, 21,000? 21,956 21, encounters. That means for one hour, 21,956 people have been engaged for one hour since 2020 for free. I don't know, to me that blows my mind. To me that blows my mind 
21,956 people. That's like, wow. Wow. That's agency numbers. That, that's, well, you know what I mean? And, 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 or that's... Agency on a larger scale. Yeah, I mean, just to understand it was only us, and just to understand what those numbers will look like when you add your numbers, what that would look like if we really added all the numbers, if we added phone contacts, yeah. if we added Brenda's numbers, to think about 21,000 people got served. What would it be like to feed 21,000 people? What would it be like to give 21,000 people and, and to think that if they had to pay for it, if DBHDD was reimbursing this, even at $16 and 62 cents, 21,000 times 1662, do you understand what I'm saying? And we did it for free, just, just off the strength. That's engagement and that's real and, and that's powerful and that cannot help but facilitate change. So Tanisha, I'm gonna ask you, stepping up, what, what, what is your perception or conception of how stepping up is perceived or has changed or impacted this community? I think from the beginning, when I came in and saw it, I think we had a group of uh, community organizations who had come together and say, okay, we're willing to work on this, this cause in our, in our community to reduce the number of people in jails with mental health and substance use problems, right? I don't know that everybody who bought in in the beginning knew it was gonna work the way it did, but what I'm starting to see is just how <coughs> it's really starting to work like a, a fine-tuned or fine oil machine where each each organization, you know, all of these different partners are starting to catch people in the gap and bring yes. them back. And, and bring them to it. Right, yeah. right. And bring them to recovery, bring them to the resources that they need. And, you know, it's just, it's almost like the that underground net is, yes. is stepping up, just like we're here to catch, you know. Yes. The partners are just throwing them in the net, like here, yes. here's one over here. Here's yes. one over here, and everybody is starting to work together and see, you know, that we can work together and, and serve people. You know, and, and that's really big because this is the thing, and I think for me what I see in understanding that when I first looked, there, there, was, there was them, but there wasn't it. So how, how does it change them? They believe it now. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about some very static, frozen systems. When you talk about the court, you talk about the jail, those are the most static and frozen systems that exist in the society. They do not bow down or condone or partner, blah, blah, blah. You partner with them, we don't partner with you. You understand what I'm saying? And, and we rule this thing, we run this thing, we reign over this thing, and we ain't even really trying to hear. And that has changed. Yeah. They believe in us, and, and I see them turning to us and saying, hey, we got somebody for you, Leroy. Can you come over? You know what I'm saying? I hear them say, Tanisha, so what do you think? Or, or hey, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's big. Yeah. That's big. They send their people to us. That's big. 
Yeah, that's not something to be taken lightly. If you think about it, like like back in the day, it was more like it's on the hush. No, we don't. We don't have people who had those kind of problems in our community. But now, you have organizations that's like really speaking up. Like, hey, we got two more over here, and yes. hey, we got four yeah. over here, yeah. and you know, it's almost like, you know, we want to catch them. Yes. They actually want to catch yes. them. Yes, you know, is, is it the results that 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 they're seeing? Yeah, the, the evidence. evidence it's the evidence. Also, also, when it hits closer to home. I think it's the evidence. Because it's always, it's always been there, but they put it in the closet. Mm -hmm. It's always been there, but it was anonymous. Yeah. yeah. It's always been there. But that's, you know, they, we, we don't talk about that. We yeah. keep that. Now, it's because they see us in recovery, and they've given us access to impact the DNA of their system. And the results are, when they left for COVID, and we set up those Zoom platforms, and they were, it took, it, they were gone for like a year and a half, almost two years, and they left the people with us. And then, when they came back, their thing had improved. Mm -hmm. And they, they expected it to fall apart. They expected it to fall apart. They did not know what to do. That's a humbling thing for them because they said, because I asked them, I said, so what's getting ready to happen now? What are y'all getting ready to do? And they said, we don't know. And we said, well, we got an idea. We'll hold it, we'll hold it down. And we held it down. And when they came back, the people were bigger. <laughs> people, <laughs> and, and it was like, what? What happened? And there's the thing, you know what I mean? And, and it's the thing that it ain't disappearing. It's the thing that now is in the DNA of the people, right? And they're like, huh, right? Yeah. And, and that, when I, I, I heard Judge Mumford at the Board of Commissioners thing, and, and I, I just really take my hat off to him when I heard what he said. He said, when the commissioner first talked to him about it, he said, I wasn't feeling it. I didn't think it was a thing. He said, and I was wrong. That ain't something you're going to hear ever. <laughs> you, I, I feel privileged that I was there. You feel me? And, and Judge Bills has rode with us, man. She yeah. rides with us. Yeah. She rides with us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I've seen her just really lift us up. And those are the premier judges here. They've opened up the doors to the jail and let us in. That is a frozen system. And they let us in. Into the core of it. That is monumental. Mm -hmm. and, and they have a belief now that there's a better possibility for people and they don't have to facilitate it. So that is major. And, and having an opportunity to have grit and grace at Restoration Storehouse, and, and there, I, I think Restoration Storehouse is an incredible thing for everybody <laughs> that don't know about it. They need to reach out to Robert over at Restoration Storehouse, get some information. Um, grit and grace, and I'm gonna ask you guys, uh, 
How do you think written grace has impacted the community? And you've seen it, and you remember when there wasn't one, you saw people, and then you've seen people in written grace, which is an addiction recovery support center that's designed to create community connection, not just for people in recovery, but for people who are seeking recovery, people whose people are people who are seeking recovery. So Leroy, let me ask you, what, 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 when, you when you say grit and grace, what does, what does all that mean and how do you think it impacts? Yeah, I think, so I kind of see grit coming in, you know, after stepping up as I already started and seeing grit and, grit and grace, I, I kind of see it as one and the same. Mm -hmm. We are under the same umbrella, but grit and grace is kind of the fuel or the vehicle that mm -hmm. drives the stepping up mm -hmm. initiative. So I think that in itself is, is impacting to to people, and that's where the results are, are coming from mm -hmm. for people to see uh, the changes and what's happening in the community. And you know, grit and grace does a lot of, of, of stuff as far as. We have here the radio show, mm -hmm. you know, we have the rap, rap meetings, and I've witnessed people coming here on this premises for other services, mm -hmm. but then they're talking about, oh, grit and grace, um, I've, I've seen that somewhere, and mm -hmm. what does it do, how, how it can help us, I just know a little bit about it, and mm -hmm. then you direct them to wherever the information is. So I think it's, it's really impact, impacting, I mean, a lot of people will, will cross grit and grace with other services, but mm -hmm. that's a good stuff. I yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know what I mean because they can still get you know, pointed in the direction that they think they're supposed to. Yeah. People out there, they're hearing We would like to thank our leader, Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, along with other numerous partners and stakeholders that are taking the initiative to create change for the Rockdale County recovery community. We know that it takes all parts of a community to carry out this vision and together we are stronger. Tanisha, I know that Grit and Grace is a, <laughs> a very important part of your uh, deliverables. <laughs> um, tell us, what. What does Grit and Grace mean to you? How do you? What have you seen it do? Well, what is that all about? So I was, I was just thinking while I was listening to Leroy, you know, with stepping up in Grit and Grace and looking at, you know, stepping up to me is like the, the advocacy part, the parent, you know, over. Then you have Grit and Grace, who is like, the people we're advocating for, you know, the. The this is grit and grace. The physical location is a judgment-free zone. It's a, you know, it's a hub. It's a connection place for people. It's, you know, a home away for, from home. It's a safe space, mm -hmm. you know, for for people to be able to come when they need someone. When they need someone they can connect with. When they need, you know, resources any of those things, but I see grit and grace actually, you know, when we sit down and we did that SIM map in the beginning and we're mm -hmm. talking about from community to community, you know, like reconnecting people back in the community, you know, at first you're getting all these resources and all of that, but then you come here and it's a whole community with the families, the children, you know, pastors and all of this other stuff. So I don't know, I think grit and grace is the answer <laughs> that mm -hmm. we've been yeah. searching for for mm -hmm. a long time. 
Yeah. And having yeah. events too, community events that Britain Grace hosts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. I wonder who's the project developer for this thing. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I, I want to ask you, Tanisha, you were kind of talking about some of the things that Grit and Grace has had the privilege to do over the last years. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen Grit and Grace do? As far as um, events, events. different things. Uh, so we have done several different things. We've partnered with, um, with the accountability courts on graduations. We've done recovery month events where uh, we've had our first ride for recovery motorcycle uh, ride. We have done um, so many different things. We've, we've grown the alumni, uh, alumni association out of grit and grace. Um, you painted the town purple we a couple did. times. We did. We painted the town purple a couple years in a uh, in a in a row uh, for recovery in honor of Recovery Month. We have done overdose awareness events. We have. I mean, it's just so many different things. These radio shows. We're up to like a hundred and five. hundred and five uh, radio, radio shows. That's like two years. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> exactly. Every week, we've been able to support other community organizations from the schools, from defects office, different places that needed to host their event at a place for free. Yes. You know, to be able to just be able to support our partners. And you know, I, I, I was saying this earlier today with ODR and, and the participants that they're having come in to know that we can provide a place that they can have a meaningful day to yes. me is amazing. You yes. know, like yes. for me, I feel like Okay, Grit and Grace is really feeling, you know, its purpose. Yes. So, yeah, Grit and Grace, we, we've been able to do so much, but I, I, I think that we're still scratching the surface, surface and that yes. we're going to be able to do so much more. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh -huh. and, you know, I was thinking about that as I was looking at Mona and them with the coalition sent out a newsletter and they had the young adults that, you know, spoke at the mm -hmm. Stepping Up Steering Committee. And I thought about, and me and Latrenda were talking about when they brought us over there to that meeting for the young adults. And Brenda, shout out to Brenda Ernest, the <laughs> in-herself clinician and the director of the Stepping Up Initiative. Uh, she said, hey, Tanisha, Bill, I'm going to have a meeting with the young adults and Mona and them. Can y'all come? And we did. And from that meeting, we spawned that event that we did with the young adults and they showed up and showed out. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. And I looked at how that impacted Jared Vasquez. Mm -hmm. J.B. Storm, right? right? right. J.B. Storm was born and, and this is a young man who doesn't get high, has never been to jail and he had become, he's at every event we have, you know what I mean? And, and making a positive contribution and also representing a whole population that's underserved or underseen, mm -hmm. which are kids who have trauma on the inside of them because they had brothers that were in addiction or family members that are in addiction. And, and they're the, not the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Mm -hmm. and, and for them to be able to talk about how that has impacted them, that's a really big deal. So seeing Jared, and understanding his contribution and the contribution we made to him, understanding that his desire to start his own business to help young adults kind of make it through some of those earlier or adolescent traumas and then young adult traumas and him using music to do that 
and that being his goal and then understanding this new project that we're coming up with that we haven't launched yet, Inmates to Entrepreneurs Program with Dr. Mabry, which is teaching people how to start their own businesses and teaching people coming out of prison how to do it, teaching people coming out of our community on how to start their own 501c3s or their own businesses, how to get that and get it in the right order at the right time. So he had reached out to me and said, hey man, um, I would like to start my own business. And uh, anytime they asked him to come and speak, he said, yeah, I'll be glad to. You know, uh, Giving people an opportunity to see other people, that's a really big deal. Um, also, you know, Tanisha, you were talking about the thing with the uh, Ride for Recovery, partnering with the church and pastors and bringing motorcycle, uh, the motorcycle ministry here and watching them interact with other people because that's how you break down cultural vacuums and barriers. I need to see other people who aren't like me and I need to interact with them and I need to have a human and a spiritual experience with them so that I can understand what, how we are similar because so much there's so much information on how we're different but how are we similar? How do we come together? That's a really big deal. So I know that we were talking about the Opening Doors to Recovery Project. So Leroy, kind of give our listeners some insight on what the Opening Doors to Recovery Project is and kind of what's going on with that. Right, right. Initially, you, you said a little bit about it, Bill, but um, it is an evidence-based uh, intensive case management program that is driven by three-person case management team. Uh, we work with individuals who are in jail, our referrals come from the jail, and these people may have severe and persistent mental illness, they may have substance use, they may have mood disorder or comorbidity, like a mixture of substance use and mental health challenges. And we try to walk with them or, you know, side by side with them and, and help them to, you know, access safe and appropriate housing know having a meaningful day which is work or anything that can drive their recovery forward and ensure that they receive a adequate treatment you know counseling or say medical services if they reconnect them with medical services also anything that they need to you know maintain um, healthy and stay in their recovery and also uh, using technology in a, in a way that they can access um, services in their community or, or institutions but also we sort of partner with the GCIC, the GBI, and, and enter their system, their information into the GCIC system. So in that way, if they were to encounter law enforcement, then the ODR team would get a call any time of, of, of the day or, or night and try to intercept that so they don't have to go back to jail and get them to a place of, of, of safety again. We are receiving referrals from the jail now shout out to them over there to you know to, to get these people uh, in treatment you know because jail doesn't work for them they're in jail they're anxious they just need to get out and get into the community where um, they will have uh, support so I, I think that's going going good for us right now you know we're really seeing people who need that help and we're reaching out and, and let me ask you a question Leroy how has that been received by the courts and by the public defender's office and by the jail? How have they received you as somebody who's doing something a little different? How has that been received? Yeah, like you mentioned, um, the courts and the jail, these are static institutions. It's, mm -hmm. it's 
you have people in the jail system that are on board, but then when you get to the higher ups, then it's it takes a bit of convincing. Mm -hmm. But now, after eight months, we see that chiefs uh, and, mm -hmm. and these people, the courts, public defenders, they are more accepting of it mm -hmm. now. And that's how the referrals are coming through now because it's a change of heart, change of mind for, for these institutions that have been you know, so set in their ways. So Absolutely. And, and so that's why my, my, my head is off to us as a team because people get it twisted. This thing is not microwavable and it ain't easy. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just blessed. I saw it when it wasn't here. And then I don't think people can understand when I say there was 91 or 21,000 engagements. Probably half of that, I was there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Over half of those, yeah. I was personally involved. For an entire year, I did group both morning and evening. And that means holidays, that means every day, and that means the commitment you were talking about. Once you say you're a thing and you're gonna do a thing, you gotta do the thing you said because they're looking for you to not do it. And to do that consistently is a heavy lift. So with that being said, recovery is also about self-care. So let me ask you this, how has doing this improved your perception on creating a recovery system for yourself and taking care of yourself? How do you, what do you do to take care of Tanisha? I believe that during different times in my life, of course, there have been different things that I have leaned on more so than others. One thing I will say overall is that Recovery has really taught me about boundaries, knowing that, you know, because especially when you're the person that is like, not, I don't want to say caregiver, but what, what, the poster child. What, no, I mean, like, what, are, what would we, we be called? The people who are serving other people. When you're in that world of service to others, a lot of times, you know, you don't really have time for yourself or, you know, so I have had to create, you know, mm -hmm. those boundaries for time. I have to make sure that, okay, Sundays may be my day, my spiritual day and my time with my family, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. So, so that I don't Lose let yourself. every, yeah, exactly. In the beginning, it was more so my spiritual was, more, I mean, my, my self-care was more about, Okay, taking some time for me to be able to listen to podcasts, make sure, it, you know, I do my daily routine. And I still do that. Like, every, you know, in the mornings, I need to have, you know, a morning routine. I have fell off of my morning routine, but I make sure it's in my day somewhere. You know, I make sure I read my daily devotional every day, things like that. I just have to really cater to what I know I need most in, in the middle of, you know, I guess what I what I want to say is like doing my inventory, I have to realize what Tanisha needs in that moment. If I'm struggling spiritually or if I'm struggling socially, whatever that is, I need to balance that out. Yeah. 
because I am a person that needs balance. So. Wow, that that's really good yeah. stuff, and I know that uh, I think it was I can't remember who it was that said it. it might have been Kobe, or it might have been somebody. It was somebody. But I do know that our podcast is in the top 20% globally. I, I know that, I think it was Kobe that said, discipline is about turning something that you hate to do into something that you love to do. Because it's good for you. Because it's the right thing and it's a good thing. And, and understanding how all other things have to find a place and a perspective because this becomes primary. and, and that thing is good and, and it's healthy and it's remunerative. That's really a big deal. We are proud partners of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Rockdale Newton Chapter. NAMI Georgia is an organization of family, friends, and individuals whose lives have been affected by mental challenges. Together, we advocate for better lives for those individuals who have a mental challenge. And we offer support, education, and advocacy as we do so. Please visit the NAMI Georgia website at www.namigeorgia.org. And if you are local to the Rockdale Newton area, we would love to have you join the family. For more information, you can visit www.namigeorgia.org rockdalenewton.com or follow their Facebook page at NAMI Rockdale Newton. Leroy, how do you practice self-care? What is your self-care thing, man? Uh, I mean, when, you, when you're in committed to something like ODR, you, it's kind of hard to find you know, self-care because it's almost like you're 24-7, mm-hmm. but it's a team of three, so we kind of you know, especially the uncalled for phone, you know what I mean? Um, but for me, I try to work out, get back mm-hmm. on fitness, because that kind of helps your mind, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It takes you away from all the stress of the day or the work of the day. Mm-hmm. Not that working with people are stressful, but work can be overwhelming mm-hmm. sometimes. And just making time for your other family, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your children mother, sister, mm-hmm. you know, all your, your relatives, just, and not isolating yourself. That's right. Sometimes the me time is good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe a soak in the bath or something, mm-hmm. you know, reading or just resting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay connected with all family, family in recovery and father in yeah. family. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that I have a exercise in, in I have to find an opportunity to shut my brain down because yeah. I got a lot of things that my brain does and it's responsible for doing and a lot of stuff it does on its own and it will be rapid cycling um, because there's a lot of stuff that feeds my brain and you know me being a person in long-term recovery I had to really dig in to understand how that operation takes place and how I can do positive interventions into that and then as us being in the trenches, special forces in the trenches, I have to really have a commitment to me and, and I take and step back and, and I go into a space that's a spiritual space and I go into a space that's a peaceful space and it's non-negotiable. And, and I have to go in there and also go into intellectual spaces so that healthy intellectual spaces and I have to separate those things 
so that I have it and they feed me and, and they remunerate me and, and they rebuild me and I just really do that. Because if I don't, I run out of gas. So, like I was saying, I want to really take my hat off to you guys. I watched you guys professionally and I watched you guys grow and exponentially. So let me ask you a question. What is the impact of all of this, the Stepping Up Initiative and ODR and all the different things that we do, how has that impacted you professionally, Leroy? Uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mind change. And I think what it does, it gives greater purpose, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at the, the gaps <laughs> that you find in working with these individuals and you're trying to think, okay, how can I, in the future, um, fill some of these gaps? That's it right. It kind of gives me, me purpose and, and drives me forward to see what else I can do. Yes, yes. What about you, Tanisha? How has this whole process impacted you professionally? Being a business owner, a creative marketing consultant, a program manager, yeah, yeah, let's put it out there, let, let, let the people know. So it has definitely expanded and opened up so many different doors for me. And I think above all, it has um, taught me to prioritize, you know, or, you know, be able to know how, I always thought I could multitask, but to know that, you know, sometimes it's a different way to do it, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to organize things to, to where you're not overwhelmed because you're juggling so much, but to be able to organize it into a way that you can, you know, be able to be at peace and still be able to get things done and be productive. So coming from, like I said in the beginning, being that person who was needing the service to being able to, you know, serve on, on different boards in my community, to be a part of the Stepping Up Initiative executive team, now being the program manager uh, for Grit and Grace, like, you know, that's a lot of responsibility. And mm -hmm. it, also, it also is my accountability, mm -hmm. you know, that at one point I was about to panic because I thought I lost it, but God gave me mm -hmm. accountability and so, I get to use that professionally. Yeah, that, that's really good stuff. You know, I want to thank you guys for taking time out today to uh, do this. I know that coming up, we obviously have the holiday. I know that Grit and Grace is doing an event or muted event, an opportunity for people to come for New Year's and have some good food, have some re recreation, and have a healthy space to bring the New Year in. So uh, shout out to Grit and Grace for that. That's a good thing. I know that we're changing the world. Changing the world around us. Whether it's in groups or one starfish at a time, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. I can see the change. I'm living in the middle of this miracle and I can see it. I can see it as it just, wow. It grows and it changes and it's an incredible deal. Proud to be part of it. Proud to call us a team. Anyway, with that being said, for everybody out there, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and let you know that somebody will be standing in the gap while you're having all that Christmas fun, eating turkeys and 
open up presents and stuff. Uh, Leroy, and then we'll be on call. Denise and then we'll be somewhere in between the moon and New York City on call. And we will be open and have the lights on. Tanisha, will you tell all the people out there in Radio Land, uh, I see you've been looking at a lot of data and statistics. So you want to tell the people what all those data and statistics are all about and how they can get this message. Yes, so I was just looking at a 2022 recap of our podcast and our radio show, which it was telling me that our, our most listened to episode was episode 61, which was recovering through a pandemic. It also said that our podcast was in the top 20th percent most shared globally. Mm. So our listeners and our followers are sharing that information, which to me really stands out because that's the point of this, right? For us to get the message out there, to spread the message of hope. So it's spreading. That's what I wanted to say, especially, and it gives us percentages. It's shared 51% by text message, 34% by direct link, somebody sending a direct link to someone else. 11% of our listeners tune in by following that link that we post on Facebook. And then four percent is just from other sources. It also says that our podcast has increased since the the previous year, 262% in followers, 220% in listeners. And a lot of people don't understand that there's a difference between followers and listeners. Some people actually click our on our link to be notified when our when our content goes up. So that would be a follower versus a listener. And then 211% in streams. It says 21% of our fans say that we are their top 10 podcasts, in their top 10. 19, 19 of our listeners said that we are in their top five. And 11 of our fans said that we are their number one top podcast. Yay! <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Also, like I say, every week I want to encourage all of our listeners, all of our followers to continue to create positive connections. And how you can do that is by um, connecting to our website. You can go to rockdalesteppingup.com. If you go down to the bottom of that page, there's a Stay Connected tab. And if you click on that tab, it will take you to a library of our monthly newsletters. On each of those newsletters, there is a message from Commissioner Dr. Doreen Williams called the Commissioner's Corner. There's also a champion of recovery, which is a person in recovery that we highlight and we do a video for them to share their recovery story and spread messages of hope. We also select a champion of change, which is a partner in our community who is out here creating change in the world around them. And then we have several different resources, apps, events, announcements, just like Mr. Bill was just saying that uh, Grit and Grace will be open on New Year's as a safe place for people who, who need it. So that that's like one of those announcements that you would see in there. Also, we wanna encourage you all to follow Grit and Grace on all of their social media platforms. They're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you wanna keep hearing these messages, just like the ones you heard today, tune in to Category 10 ENT on the His Hop Network every Wednesday at 12 noon and Thursdays at 1 p.m. But if you cannot tune in at those times, we also have the podcast that I was telling you about, and we are listed on several different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts. So y'all keep coming back, and we hope you all enjoy the holidays. 
Wow, thank you so much, Tanisha. I just want to let everybody know that Grit and Grace, our Addiction Recovery Support Center, is open and operational at 1400 Parker Road. We open up at 10 o'clock and we don't close till 7 o'clock. Somebody is here almost every day, all day. So please come out and be amazed. Come to our 11 o'clock meeting, come to our 6 o'clock meeting, come and get connected or just stop by and have a conversation with us so that we can understand how we can better support you and better support our community. Leroy, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for all your hard work. And I wanna thank you guys, not just for what you're doing now, but for what you're getting ready to do in the future. I just want you to know, and I know you've only been here with ODR, like I said, for about eight months. I remember when I was just here for eight months and it was a pandemic and it seemed like everybody was gone and I just kept putting the work in. And today, two years later, I see exponential growth. So two years from now, we're going to be sitting down doing a radio show and you'll probably be Dr. Leroy and looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the queen of everything. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably be in the Bahamas, sitting on the beach, <laughs> saying, how's everything going, y'all? But anyway, with that being said, man, I just want to thank y'all again for giving me an opportunity to be your partner. Thank everybody out there in radio land. I want y'all to be safe during this holiday. And remember, do your best and God will do the best. Thank you for tuning in and feeding your recovery with another episode of the Recovery Hour. Remember that you can stay connected with us by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Grit and Grace RCO or just keep coming back every Wednesday at 12 noon. Until then, and as always, cherish the chips you hold.